Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, both new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Back to Accelerated Investor. I've been joined by my good friend, Mike Galiba, uh, who was my chief marketing officer for a long, long time, 10 years inside of my companies. He's now on his own, uh, running his own businesses, helping his clients grow their e-commerce brands. Um, and I wanted to welcome back Mike. Mike, I think this is our third podcast this together. This is our third, man. Third time's a charm, right? We got to hell yeah, heck yeah. So what's going on today? What, what uh, what's going on in your business? How was uh, how's the family? Tell tell me a little bit about what's happening. The family is good. We are very much into um, sports again, and my son just made his baseball team for next year, which means that you know next summer I'll be pretty much. Uh, on tour chasing 14 year old baseball players at that point nice. um, and, and business is good how about you how about you yeah i'm in biz same dude yeah family's good we're just getting back into the school school system so you know had like a two and a half hour volleyball practice last night and wow. um you know football and all that kind of stuff and so one of the one of the conversations we're having in business right now <laughs> is around um is really around funnels, right? Around like top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel marketing. And when COVID hit and things got really weird, you and I were working together, but you, we started kind of pare down because I was making the pivot, right? From single family to multifamily. And I didn't really want to be a real estate guru anymore in the single family house flipping space because my passion was moving to commercial multifamily. And I didn't really want to, I was in that weird space, right? Where I didn't want to be someone's guru if I wasn't doing it. Some of these guys, they clearly don't do real estate anymore. They clearly are just gurus, but they act as if they still flip houses. It, 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 it I don't know how they sleep at night, frankly, um, <laughs> being a fake, a fake guru online. Uh, but when COVID hit, I'm like, we're done with single family. We're moving to multifamily. I didn't feel like I was yet, um, like the expert that I should be in order to teach. So really for the past two or three years, we've had our existing list and we really haven't built any funnels. We really haven't built any marketing funnels or brought on a lot of new people onto our you know, followers or email marketing list. Now, in the last month or two, we've really spent a lot of time. I work with a company called Internet Marketing Nerds, James Starr and Paul and they've worked with tremendous personalities and guys like Tony Robbins and uh, Patrick Bent David and all these amazing sort of superstar personalities. And we've been talking a lot about marketing. So I really haven't had a marketing conversation really for like two or three years uh -oh. of new marketing. So <laughs> I wanted to bring you on the show and talk a little bit about some of the changes that you've seen in marketing because you're in marketing every day. Versus for me, I'm more in real estate every day. And I've told my team, I don't want to be a real estate guru and a marketing guru anymore. I'm going to be a real estate expert. I'm going to be awesome at raising money and structuring capital and finding deals and buying these huge apartment buildings. 
and I've kind of let my marketing chops uh, dissipate over the years. You have been leveling up your marketing chops the last three or four years. And so, Mike, why don't you just talk for a second about your business and about marketing and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis for your clients, at least so our audience understands kind of where you're coming from as we talk about marketing. Yeah, awesome. So we help our clients, which are 95% e-commerce brands, so physical products, and 5% like what Strategic Real Estate Coach was, where they're, they're coaches and they have some sort of program or course. We have a couple of those too. Those are fun because there's no cost of goods sold and it's just easier to make KPIs and profit versus physical product businesses are a little bit tougher because there's a lot of operating costs just in, in, the, in the products. So we really do two things. My theory has always been like, let's be awesome at like one or two things instead of mediocre at 18. And I think a lot of agencies they make that mistake. And there's a lot of agencies that just grow into 18, but still it's like, it's marketing changes so much, right? Like we know that. I think everybody who's been involved knows that like what worked last week may not work tomorrow. <laughs> so right. you got to be on your game. So we do Facebook and Instagram ads, and then we do email marketing and SMS. And we're like we're, we niche down into service. So just those two services. We'll take on any e-commerce client for the most part, uh, if it makes sense. It's really difficult and we still try from time to time. And then when we do it, like we we're reminded of how hard it is. If it's a brand new brand and doesn't have proof of concept yet, it's really hard to go from no momentum to momentum. But if they've already got a little bit of momentum, we can definitely put gas on the fire and make things happen really, really fast. Like okay. one of our clients just got a Target deal and a Kohl's deal and a Barnes and Noble deal. And if you ask them, they'll give us a ton of the credit for that. And the truth is, it's like, yes, we were a big part of that, but they also have an awesome product, which certainly makes marketing a lot easier. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. We scale businesses using those two things. Got it. Love it. So one of the conversations we're having in our business is about like top of funnel, what we would consider awareness, right? Where the market is seeing some of your free content, um, seeing a lot of your Instagram posts, Facebook posts, shorts and reels, and a lot of the free stuff at the super top of funnel. Some of that could be paid as well. Um, different types of audiences, lookalike audiences, paid ads. Um, but really there's this new phenomenon, I guess, just that's happened in the last year, really with TikTok, where shorts and reels have become sort of the new awareness strategy where you're putting out content that could be literally five seconds to, let's say, two minutes long. Uh, and then that's become the super top of funnel, right? And then from there, people are getting into more of that middle of funnel where they're watching longer podcasts like this one or longer content videos that could be five minutes to 20 minutes. Uh, and then you have kind of super long form content, which could be sales letters, long emails, could be long form podcasts, it could be 45 minutes. And what I, what we've been doing as we look at those kind of in phases, there's kind of five steps, right? There's top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of funnel, customer acquisition, um, and then a self-liquidating offer where you acquire a customer and then that customer buys 
a product and maybe some upsells and it pays for your cost of advertising and you make a profit, there's kind of five steps in there. I realized in our business, we were going, Mike, from long form podcasts mm -hmm. right to like a $20,000 mastermind program. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of steps missing in the middle. Oh, got it. Yeah. A lot of stuff's missing in the middle. So that's work, been working for the past couple of years. We've grown up a nice uh, mastermind group of about uh, 60 or so businesses that paid an upfront fee. It's kind of a country club model where they pay an upfront fee and then they pay a monthly continuity for the rest of their lives as long as they want to stay in the program, just like a, a, a country club. Uh, but I'm also realizing like, wow, we've alienated a whole lot of people, right? That maybe want content through shorts, reels, long form or short form content. And then maybe a product or two to just get familiar with what we're doing, maybe a $100 product, a $500 product, $1,000 product, before they realize, good God, I want to jump into this coaching and mastermind and partnering program that's $20,000, a whole lot missing. So just to put some context around a full funnel for our audience, that's a full funnel, right? From top of, my, uh, top of funnel awareness, all the way down through everything I just talked about to the bottom and realize, wow, like we're never going to scale this thing if we just keep doing what we're doing, right? Long form podcasts, right to a big expensive program. We've got to do a lot of stuff in the middle. So that's a clearly a marketing mistake that we need to fix. As you work with brands, as you work with companies like mine and others, what are some classic mistakes that you think that they're making like we've made? And what are some things that you think are must haves in your mind to really build out a successful customer acquisition funnel? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we were working with a coach uh, a month or two ago that had almost the exact opposite problem that you did. And we worked with them for a year. And what they were doing awesome was acquisition on Facebook. So they were selling, they were a skincare coach and they were selling a uh, 300-ish dollar product and they were doing a great job of it. But that's all they had in their entire funnel. They had no mastermind. They had no coaching. And we told them like, hey, in some time, could be two months, could be two years, you're going to run into some trouble. And that is so many people on Facebook have going to seen or have purchased and you have nothing else to sell them. Your cost per acquisition is going to go up. Your profit's going to go down. It's going to be a problem. And that day came and it was a problem. And they, the, the, honestly, the guy was a, a bit of a jerk. It just in general, tough, sort of tough personality, right? And, uh, you know, he's like, I don't want to have this I told you so conversation. And I was just kind of like, well, I did tell you so. Like, we talked about it a while ago. So that was a huge mistake. And I see another uh, one of our newer clients with that same problem in the sense that she's killing it on acquisition. And the way that she does it, we send traffic into um, a lead magnet and we get her email get their email. And then we put them into a Facebook group and she kind of runs the old school Jeff Walker launch formula mm -hmm. using a Facebook group. So she does all of her talking in there, all of her contents in there. She does the pre-launch and she's doing really, really well too. It's a smaller business, probably like, I don't know, 700, $800,000 a year, but she's in scale mode. Like she's definitely like hired better providers and she's trying to grow it. She's really, really sharp and really good at what she does. Um, but she also doesn't have a back end either. And it's the same kind of situation because there's always going to be like, there's always going to be that five or 10% or whatever of the audience who just wants to move fast. Like you or I, 
probably yeah. wouldn't buy an info product at this stage, but we would buy a high level consultant to just say, okay, tell me what to do. Follow up next week. Tell 100%. me what to do. Right. So I don't know. I know there's a, there's two questions there. I think I answered one of them. What did I miss? So, so one of the things that you mentioned was just really, it sounds like parts of the funnel are missing, right? Like that's right. Somebody had like low cost customer acquisition done well, but had nothing to upsell, no other programs to offer. And some people like you and I will want those higher end programs. I was I'm kind of making the opposite mistake, which is we really sell just super high end stuff between 10 and $30,000 because I really only want to work with the really high level people, but you've got hundreds, if not thousands of people that would, that would dip their toe in the water and check out lower price programs and learn on their own more of the, uh, you know, I'm going to do a self-study program, if you will, at home. Um, and I think the problem we've identified is that you've got to have multiple programs, multiple products at multiple levels to let various people enter your business at different levels. Some people are just going to want to start out with buying a $100,000 Mercedes, right? But other people want to start with a $500 a month lease on a, you know, whatever the entry level model Mercedes is, right? The 300 or the 500 level uh, versus buying the AMG. Some people will test out the Mercedes at, and then they'll upgrade to the AMG. Some dudes will just go for the AMG up right, right off the rip. Um, and so like when I watch programs like TV programs, like whether it be Shark Tank or um, some of the other ones like that have been out there, Marcus Limonis, like what I see them doing well is saying, okay, here's an existing business that's struggling, but they have a couple things they're doing right. And then they come in and then they help kind of add the cross-sell, the upsell, the experience, right? right? And I think that's when you're when you're in the dirt doing running your company, that's really hard to also be good at the marketing to market the company. That's where Mike, where people you you come in and you have the ability to kind of say, okay, I see your company. I don't have to create your products for you. But from a marketing perspective, here's what we have to add, here's what we're missing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and to your point, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it's worth it. We're an email marketing company and we help other companies very successfully market through email. We haven't sent an email to our own list and I don't know how long. Like to your point, like the, the shoemaker's <laughs> kids always have the worst shoes, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we're not great at marketing ourselves, but we're amazing at marketing other businesses. So it's just kind of funny. There's just, there's so much to it. Like you said, there's so many different levers to pull. And I find that a lot of people just don't sometimes understand like the, the pure economics of their business. Like we always teach our e-commerce clients that it's about lifetime value of a customer. And you might not be able to acquire a customer profitably. If your cost of goods are really, really high and your cost of that, if your, if your product costs is say 50 bucks on, um, on, on your Shopify store and your cost of acquisition is 25 bucks, that only leaves you $25 in margin. By the time you pay everything out, you might be breaking even on that. But if you mm -hmm. have a product, like we're going through this with a coffee brand now, where when he came to us, his cost per acquisition was on Facebook and Instagram was like $200, which is crazy. People have to buy a lot of coffee over and over and over again to hit that. We were able to change some landing pages, change some ads, do some things, and we got it down to a cost per acquisition of about 20 bucks. But he's still net negative on that mm -hmm. if he sells 
two more times, he's positive. So he needs to produce amazing coffee and work on the lifetime value of that customer. We did our job, but if he doesn't do his job, then it makes it appear like it's not going to work, right? And it's the same thing, I think, with a coaching business too. If you sell right into the mastermind, then that's awesome. You have great lifetime value. It probably didn't cost you $20,000 to acquire that customer, right? right? But you need to sort of feed that too. And that's where that um, top of the funnel shorts and everything come in. Because there are a lot of people who would probably dip their toe in the water, spend $100, $200, $500 on an info product to see if they like you, right? To see if the content is good, to right. see if it's worth pursuing. And a lot of those people will grow up and want a mastermind group or need a mastermind group. I think there's a, there's a certain level as an entrepreneur in business where info products don't really help anymore. Um, they do, like we're always learning, but it just requires a different mode of operating. And that's where the mastermind stuff comes in. And you got to, you got to like lure those people in somehow, right? I know I just went down like three yeah. tangents, but did that make sense? Yeah, no, for sure. Like in our business, um, where we're trying to help other people grow their portfolio from residential, single family duplexes and quads, and then buy their first apartment building or scale their apartment portfolio. Um, you know, I sometimes make the mistake that I'm like, I'm just going to teach you how I just bought this $20 million, 200 unit building. And then I'm hoping that you can unpack that scale that backwards into a 20 unit building, right. That you could buy for right. 2 million, I'm probably making a big mistake and <laughs> yeah. saying, okay, people are going to understand just, just chop a zero off the end of right. all the numbers Right. And it's the same lesson, even though in my mind it is, it's really not. And so um, there's a lot of a lot of people that a lot of people in our mastermind who are like, look, I've got a, a 50 units of residential, 200 units of residential. I own a couple small apartment buildings, but I want to keep growing and buying more. Um, and if they're currently not in the mastermind, like they don't there's no way for them to dip their toe in the water with us other than listening to our podcasts getting our emails, maybe seeing our posts on social, maybe some of our paid ads when we do a live event, uh, which is only three times a year. So there, there's limited availability to engage with us in short form content or to buy something that is a home study course that they could do over a four or eight week period, learn a whole lot. Like when we used to sell 40K flips, right, Mike? We used to do a five week live coaching program that was live fulfillment. And if people would go through all 10 classes, all five weeks, by the end, they knew exactly how to flip a house, how to get the money, how to get the capital, how to find the deals, how to evaluate, how to fix them up, how to sell them and the whole thing. And then a lot of those people were like, wow, that was such a great experience. Let me go to the actual live event, the three-day live event, or wow, that was such a great experience. I want to sign up for a coaching program. Um, and so we're totally missing that whole piece of it now. No different than other brands uh, where they're like, hey, you know, we only sell this really expensive coffee. Like, well, what else can I buy that's a less expensive version, smaller amount, uh, like Organifi, right? Uh, one of the per you know, companies that I buy some products from, you could buy these big giant tubs of um, nutritional supplements, you know, green juice, red juice, yellow juice, whatever they call it. And if you buy them all, they're like 250 bucks. Or you can buy these little sleeves, the little sleeves, which are the one-time pouch that you drop into a water bottle. And you could buy, you know, 20 of those sleeves for 30 bucks. 
and you can get a taste of the of the program, yeah. right? Right. So even a lot of investors that I work with that are doing multifamily, they're like, hey, I barely know you, but I'm going to pitch you this $5 million apartment complex. Will you invest? It's like, well, what about all of the nurturing, relationship building, letting them engage in some of your content, letting them engage in some of your stuff free at their own time, you know, on, on their own dime or their own time. And then they get used to it. And then they're like, oh, I really like what I'm hearing and I'm not being sold. So now I'm going to pay attention to the $5 million apartment complex. Right. right. Yeah. So like, just what are your thoughts on that, Mike, your comments on the warm up, the relationship building, the small bites, the small pieces, the relationship building, maybe they buy a product that's inexpensive uh, before we just kind of swing for the fences. Right. So important. Yeah. And, and we talk about this a lot with our e-commerce clients and using the coffee guy as an example, like we're, we're kind of talking now, like, well, where do you want to go with your business from here? He's a really small business. He's a startup and he's competing with like black rifle coffee and a lot of coffees everywhere. Right. And oh, yeah. what I think black rifle coffee did so well is they're not really selling coffee. They're selling their community, right? Like they target a very specific, like politically charged up person and like that people want to wear their shirt people want to be part of that people want to like show off that they drink that coffee right because it's more of a statement than anything and it's it's about building a brand right so the coffee guy needs to really stop focusing on like how do i sell more coffee but how do i build a unique brand to sell more coffee and the way that he does that is is you know by taking some sort of position and being a you know, being somebody different in the marketplace. So yeah, that the the shorts and stuff like that, what I love about those is you could take one of your podcasts or um, one of your events or anything that you're doing and turn that into a lot of content pieces, right? And there's probably, um, we could talk about AI if you want to, but there's probably some AI software now that can help produce that stuff more at scale mm -hmm. um but yeah that the email email is still in, in my opinion like the best nurturing every year email dies right like we hear it every year email is dead ryan dice probably been right. saying that like making fun of it saying it for years um and it's still like a massive driver to everything text too though you know text yeah. is important too um but yeah all of those things are are incredibly important. And, and that's really what we do on the email side of our business. It's like we we obtain, um, remind me to tell you about a couple other cool things we're doing with email now that might be interesting to, to what you're doing, but we obtain the email address or, or phone number. And then over time, those people will definitely purchase something. Some people just need to see things seven times before they buy, even at, yeah. even at a lower price point I mean, that needs to happen. Yeah, perfect. Mike. So let's talk about that. So we talked kind of a little bit like high level about different funnels and what people need to build a funnel, whether it's for an e-commerce brand or selling physical products, whether it's for a coaching brand, whether it's for investors for your multifamily apartment buildings. Like we talked about top of funnel, middle funnel conversion, giving them experiences. But let's pivot for a second. Um, and I want to kind of interview you more about the latest and greatest marketing strategies, whether it's AI, what's new with email marketing, what's kind of best practices with text messaging, um, maybe some you know, little nuggets that our audience can actually go back and start using in the next 
you know, a couple of weeks, month or less. So um, let's let's talk. Your expertise again is in Facebook and Instagram ads, SMS and email marketing. Let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about email marketing because we do still have a fairly big email list that's very active. Uh, you know, we have over seventy five thousand people. We get almost a twenty five percent open rate. We send tons of content out. So what is the latest and greatest? What are some email marketing strategies that you think are must-dos and some of the latest and greatest things that are working? Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. So for email, there's two that I absolutely love. And I'm going to give you the name of the apps and they work for e-commerce businesses for sure. I don't know if they necessarily work with non-e-commerce businesses, but I'm a hundred percent certain that there is like a competitor to these that will work. And I can do some research for you. But the first one that we use is called OpenSend. And this is anonymous email retargeting. So if I go to your website now and I don't give you my email address, I'm gone, right? But if you have OpenSend installed on your site, it will get my email address and then you can drop me an email. And that's a little bit creepy, right? Whoa. Yeah. So like I go to your site, I give you no contact information, I bounce. And then 45 minutes later, I get an email that basically says like, hey, you were just on our site. Totally creepy. Uh, a little aggressive, but you can definitely like throttle the aggression. So you can set it up. So like only send anonymous emails to people who have visited my site, say three times in a week or twice in a day or a particular page a couple of times, because in the e-commerce world, if somebody visits a product page like three times and doesn't buy, we probably just need to show them a better offer or something to push them over the fence. Right? So I would definitely, I, I do believe OpenSend will work on a, a non-Shopify site. So that's the first one I would recommend everybody do. Um, it's not 100% match. So like if you send 100 people to the site, you're not going to get all 100 of them, but you might get 70 or 60 or something like that. And wow. so if I'm, a, if I'm a real estate investor and I put this OpenSend on my site, and I have a site that has my portfolio and it has content around our multifamily investing opportunities. And I put some content out, let's say on social media, people are clicking through that content, visiting our website. And I don't know who they are, right? They're just, they're, they're poking around the internet and they end up on my site. They show up on my site, let's say twice a week. I can use OpenSend to essentially gather their email address and then send them an email back that says, Hey, you know, I saw you are on our website. We're looking for more information about investing. That's right. Exactly. Wow. Right. Yeah. And there's, it's really cool. And there's some even uh, other ones that will get you like, so the main application for open send is direct to consumer e-commerce brands, but they do have a business version of it for B2B. 
But I think there might even be some more sophisticated B2B ones, which would like link you immediately to the LinkedIn profile, maybe set a connection request, like do all of the things and you can build automations from there. But I don't have ROI stats for you in front of me, but we're currently running open send with about 10 of our clients and we're absolutely crushing it. Like we're, we're picking up like thousands upon thousands of dollars in revenue that they wouldn't get otherwise. Really? That's yep. phenomenal. How about you mentioned there was another uh, app too. You open send was one. What was the second one? The other one is, is similar. It's, it's called post pilot. And same idea, anonymous retargeting, but with direct mail. So we'll build like a nurture sequence in Ecom, we call them flows. Somebody will come to the site, they'll give their email address, or maybe not give their email address. There's two ways I can explain this, but let's say that they do give an email address. They go all the way through the nurture sequence. We tell them the brand story, we show them the offer, we show them the product, and they still, we will send them a postcard in the mail. And that does really, really well. I don't know if you've experienced that yet. Like there are definitely uh, a lot of brands outside of e-com that do this as well. Like I'll occasionally get a post, but I don't think a lot of people are doing it, which to me, direct mail is as old as can be, right? But it, we went away from it for a while. Now I think it's a great time to stay like present and not in inboxes or text messages yeah. or whatever. Also, like you can do the anonymous retargeting version of it. So I could hit your site today not give you any of my information, Postpilot will automatically reverse append who I am, my mailing address, and drop me a postcard in the mail. Wow. So I would imagine that would work really good for an e-commerce brand where like you would send them in the mail a coupon, right? That's where exactly somebody right. Came and they were going to buy a shirt, like they were going to buy a golf shirt, or they were going to buy, you know, uh, I'm looking around, uh, uh, some sort of picture frames. You know, whatever, whatever. So they, they were going to buy. And um, all of a sudden, like, ah, I'm just going to click away from it. I got busy. I didn't really want to buy it in that moment. All of a sudden, six days later, four days later, I get an, uh, in either an email using OpenSend or a postcard using Postpilot with a coupon. Now I'm like, That's right. ooh, now I can get this for 10 to 20% off. And I was already kind of interested in this product. That's right. What's the likelihood that I buy it? Now I buy, now I'm on their email list and now I'm a customer. Now they've acquired me as a customer. Now, if I have a good experience with their product, now they can start to message me, whether it's through retargeting ads through Facebook and Instagram, more direct mail, email marketing, SMS, you kind of unleash the weapon with That's all right. the different marketing strategies to get me to buy more. Right. That's exactly right. That's yeah. silly. Love and what it. I love what I love about the postcard thing is like when you open your email box, you probably have a bunch of messages from a bunch of people. And if you're subscribed to a bunch of lists, it's all there, right? Maybe you have some filters set up. But when you go get your mail, like a, a nice, well-designed postcard definitely stands out amongst like what eight pieces of mail or something like that yeah. versus an inbox with who knows thousands for some people right so yeah it works really well and i think that that's applicable to any business it doesn't have to be e-com could be like imagine anybody who comes to the freelance site all, automatically also gets a postcard and you can build logic into it as well like hit certain pages so you know that they're interested in certain things or stay on a certain page for a certain amount of time so you can cater your message it won't be perfect every time but still it's just another way to stand out in a in a in the crowded marketplace right yeah i mean imagine all the investors that are out there that have money to invest and they're looking at different apartment sites listening to lots of different podcasts 
they end up on your site, you capture them through OpenSend and through Postpilot, and now all of a sudden you've got their email and you're emailing to them, you've got their physical uh, mail, you've reverse appended it, you're sending out postcards and emails to those people, and now you're feeding them additional content, maybe back to some more podcasts, and all of a sudden you have an investment opportunity, you build a relationship with them, and then they invest, right? Because it's a lot of times it's not about the initial contact, it's about the follow-up. That's right. And Mike, those are two phenomenal ways, phenomenal ways to uh, capture and follow up. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. I'm um, curious, just in, in, in the sake of time, Mike, what, yeah. what, uh, what's another strategy maybe that you think maybe around Facebook ads or Instagram ads, or if we want to pivot to AI, what do you think is happening with marketing relative to AI and some of the efficiencies that are being gained because of AI? I don't know if you have another kind of quick tip around something else you want to touch on if we want to pivot to AI real quick. Yeah, let's talk about AI really quick because, you know, it's, I, I guess this, in some ways it freaks me out a little bit. And I think if, once you understand like its potential, I listened to, you remember Ryan Dice and, um, and Perry and Digital mm -hmm. Marketer. Ryan's, Ryan and Roland have a new company, uh, Scalable, and they have a podcast called Business Lunch. And I listen to it regularly. It's a really great podcast for entrepreneurs. And I was listening to an episode the other day about AI and Roland and Ryan were talking and I just, something felt off to me. Now I've known those guys since 2010. So like, I know how they talk. I know how they interact. At the end of the episode, Ryan reveals that the whole episode was done by not them. Like Ryan didn't even know the episode happened. So Ryan had a conversation with Roland about AI in their voices, totally talking to each other for 45 minutes and Ryan didn't even know about it. So they explain how they did it on another um, on another episode, but essentially what? they used a, a handful of like ChatGPT wrote the content. This particular voice matching service created like Ryan's voice and Roland's voice. And then they the next thing that they used, like set up the discussion between the two of them. So like you and I could totally fake podcast number four and neither one of us had anything to do with it. But other than our very best friends or people that really know how you and I talk, nobody's going to know. That is filthy. It's super filthy. Do and people, like, do people, I wonder what people's reaction were to that. Did they feel like duped and mad that like, they listened to it they thought it was great and then they're like ryan wasn't even on like do you feel like weird and slimy and upset or do you people think it's like wow that's unbelievably cool i'll bet it's a little bit of both right because there's going to be some point in the not so distant future where it's going to be really difficult to tell what's real and what's not right and right. that episode's a perfect example because it's hard to tell. There's a there's wow. a slight rope. I'll send you a, I'll send you the link, or we, you can put it in the show notes. But I'll send the link where they talk about it, and then the link where they explain how yeah. they did it. But yeah, super interesting. So there's things that you can do, like on the Facebook ad side with AI, to produce like shorts of yourself at scale where you didn't really do it, right? Like you can totally there's the the technology to fake. Uh, and I don't want to use the word fake, but that that is what it is. You know, you can use this technology to to produce content of yourself speaking at scale. So if you have a team behind you in the right applications, you can be like, hey, I need um, 300 videos to talk about this um, by next Friday and let's run some ad spend on it and see how they do, 
So that's stuff like that is getting really wild. Wow. That's unbelievable. I was talking to Glenn Lytle, my partner in the apartments, and he is really involved in the Columbus, Ohio um, sort of technology council. He's on a bunch of boards down there. And he said, now, like when they go, the, the conversation used to be around these big uh, technology companies, Facebook, Amazon, um, Intel, the new chip factory, Honda, EVs, this plant. He said last time, all the same companies, all they talked about was AI. Yeah. And he was blown away because the whole conversation pivoted from like technology, the way we think of it, like adding technology to a car to make it an electric vehicle. So we can be, you know, more green, more economic or um, environmentally friendly. And we're going to, they're going to build this new plant in the Northeast Columbus suburbs. And then what was the housing? We're going to need so much housing to support the workers and the people that are going to live there because of this new plant. And then all of a sudden he showed up and it was like the whole conversation around, around how are these companies introducing AI to, uh, you know, into everything, not only from manufacturing to customer acquisition into housing and everything else that goes along with it. So um, that's unbelievably strange and weird. It's like, the question is, is it like, it's here. Are you going to fight the curve and hope that AI doesn't blow up the world? Uh, or are you going to embrace it and use it, you know, as an entrepreneur and, and, and have your business be bigger, better because of it. There's going to be a point where if you're not adopting it, everybody else is adopting it and you're screwed. Yes. Right? You're a worse entrepreneur. You have a bigger uphill battle to fight because you're not using it. That's where we're at. Now, I'm not an expert in AI, but I'm also slowly adopting it. It's not like something that I really need for my apartment buildings at the moment. But I also know that five years from now, the resonant experience inside of our apartments could be drastically different from filling out an application to moving into a unit to some of the amenities that we could offer and who's using the amenities and what are they willing to pay for for those amenities, all of that tracking because of AI. So we'll see what happens with that. It's wild, wild stuff. Yeah. And in terms of real estate, like I think, you know, there's a million reasons why real estate investing is a great business. Here's another one. Like it's knowledge workers are going to have even CEOs. There's going to be AI that can make better decisions than CEOs to some degree. Mm -hmm. And there isn't going to be an AI who can fix a toilet better than a human, right? At least I don't think so. So like the, the, the management companies and the contractors and the rehabbers and all of those trades are probably going to be in really great shape. And if you're running that business, I feel like you're in great shape because I saw like, an, for instance, an AI app that came out this week, came across my radar that does exactly what my email marketers on my team do that make a really great wage. It will like go through the the Shopify history and determine like what campaigns have been sent and what worked and what products are selling and create everything from the decision, the strategy, the copy, the design, it will do everything that an employee does. I don't know how well it works. It's brand new, but even if it doesn't work well now, the fact that that's out there, give it a year, right? And give the fact a, year. That a lot of these programs get smarter with use. That's AI, right? Is yeah. And I, the message to my team is like, Hey, you need to learn how to 
dance with these things. We need to figure out how to use them to make your job better so it doesn't eliminate you. If it sucks, that's the message we want to tell our clients. If it's great, then we want to figure out how we can use it to just be better and, and get more done. So totally very interesting time for all of us, for sure, yeah. in business. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. And as we kind of going to wrap up this episode, what I just heard you say was that I want to have a robot take my job. Yeah, that's right man that's right i think about that all the time like oh man like is yeah is some robot gonna come in here and just and just take over like that movie with will smith it's super old at this point but i robot right like that's yeah. what i feel like we're going could be going through right now it's it's wild oh my gosh that's uh another reason for the what's the first is the, the first amendment or the second amendment is the one that including the guns yeah. We probably need to keep that one around right. if we're gonna have robots. There you go. Around. Right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Let's keep some weapons later on. Mike, listen, fantastic stuff today. Fun, fun as always. Let's keep doing these. Uh, we'll keep ham and agging it and sharing content with our with our listeners. Mike, uh, tell our audience where they can find you, where they can find your agency, where they can engage with you online. Yeah, 110media, O-N-E, 10media.com. If you want to email me, my email address is mike at 110media.com. But yeah, if you, if you need any marketing advice, feel free to drop me a line. I'll point you in the right direction. Awesome stuff, Mike. Thanks for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Josh. You were just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, Help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com.